The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPNFF to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Week five is in the books and it is time now to get ready for week six in the NFL. And of course, as always, we are here to help you on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the SGPN Network. And I am Rod Gomez, your host. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Of course, find this show anywhere where you find your favorite shows. And of course, I am being joined today by none other than Scott Reichel of the SGPN editor, fantastic man, and uh, he's going to talk some week six with us because there's some frustrated uh, managers out there, Scott, and uh, I've seen some gripings all up and down Twitter about uh, who to get rid of and and who to keep. So, Scott, we're going to try to help people do that. Is that okay? Yeah, looking forward to it. It was kind of weird when I first saw the list of players we're going to talk about. And I immediately thought, I know for a fact Rod is two of these players. <laughs> 100%. I am struggling with the same worries that you guys are out there. Don't you worry about that. Uh, although, how many do you have on, on your teams there, Scott? Uh, as of right now, one. Uh, as far as I can tell, let me just run through that one more time. Yeah, I got one of these players. Yeah, you're smart. I actually wanted two, but somebody took one of the other ones, which actually worked out better for me, I guess. <laughs> but I got one who's still on my roster, not really sure what to do, but we'll talk about him in a little while. Yep, hopefully this will bring some uh, closure to you as well because, uh, again, this now we're, we're not quite halfway through, but the bye weeks are starting to reach in. So holding on to these players or dropping these players may become a very critical decision uh, as to whether or not you end up making the fantasy playoffs. So again... We got 10 on the list. Uh, we're going to go through them. If you're new to the show, we load up three minutes on the clock. We discuss each player that we talk about. There's 10 of them. Uh, and then when we hear this noise, that means that there's 30 seconds left and it's time to wrap up our thoughts. And then, of course, ultimately that sound means it's time to move on. And if we haven't decided on whether to drop them or hold them, probably drop them because we're trying to talk ourselves into holding most of these guys. So, um, all right, Scott, we're going to set up the first three minutes. This is a guy that I 100% bought all in on right from the get-go of this season. Um, if there was a drum left to bang, I was banging it for Ronald Jones. And now I feel like I've lost my sticks. Scott, I, I can't even stick up for this guy anymore. Um, but maybe, maybe you can help me shed some light on what to do with Ronald Jones. Help, Scott, help. Well, the issue that you run into with, fantasy football running backs with the Buccaneers is the fact that a, they don't really run the ball that much because Brady's thrown for 400 something yards and five touchdowns. So you don't really have many options there for even just a touchdown dependent running back, but Fournette's been getting most of the touches, which I thought would happen. Jones has had fumbling issues to start the year. I remember against the Cowboys, he fumbled one time and then he never touched the ball again for what felt like four straight weeks. <laughs> but you also have Gio Bernard who's back there. Who's the third down guy. So the issue is that if Ronald Jones is going to be a non-third down running back and he's the backup and Fournette's healthy, he's never going to play. So I feel like the only hope you have with Jones is if Fournette gets injured. But for the most part, if you really cut ties with him, I really don't mind it because I don't really know what the upside is for wasting a roster spot on a guy who's going to play in really barely any of the snaps. I mean, you're looking at what happened last week. Jones played just 14% of the offensive snaps and he's yet to record more than 27 rushing yards. So I don't know why you'd even bother at this point, especially in a PPR format, when at least some other third down guys be catching some occasional passes. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's not even catching anything. Like, what was it? Two targets all season long. So he's not even getting involved anywhere near the type of, of plays that you need for a PPR relevance. And I, I again, I can't even think of keeping him as a backup to Leonard Fournette because 
if Leonard Fournette goes down, I almost feel like Gio Bernard has earned the trust uh, over there more than one Ronald Jones. And you're right. He fumbled that ball. I mean, it was early in that game and, and that's it. I mean, I almost feel like that was the last straw and it wasn't even the barely the first straw. So with Ronald Jones, if you were like me and thought he was the second coming, because again, he, he wasn't that far away from being a really, really good running back uh, solution last year. And, and I felt like coming into this season, he would still at least make the case to be better than he is now. But boy, I tell you, four carries, six carries, five carries, six carries, five carries. That's not the kind of uh, production you want to see out of a guy who you drafted to be quite potentially your running back too, right? Yeah, so for me, I think Jones is a drop. I just think that you could even find third down running backs who just have more value in PPR formats. You? I think that he just doesn't really have much of a ceiling at this point. Yeah, he definitely is is gone. I'm going to part ways with him. I, I I don't know who I'm picking up yet, but I'm definitely going to part ways with him. I may even look if Samaj P. Ryan uh, <laughs> at this point, because who knows the future of, of, of that over there, but Samaj P. Ryan looked good. And uh, maybe he's not just a filler anymore. Um, all right. Well, I was gonna make a. I was gonna make a joke. You could always just pick up Gio Bernard. Oh, gee, I, you know, I probably could too. He's probably out there on waivers as well. Although, to be honest with you, look, uh, Ro- uh, Ronald Jones is actually rostered forty-seven percent Yahoo, forty-four percent ESPN. So right now, it seems like he's getting dropped uh, all over the place, and for good reason. I mean, he mm-hmm. was definitely rostered a lot higher earlier on. Um, but look, when I saw this next name on Twitter. Um, I chuckled a little, then I dug into the stats a little bit, and this wasn't a name that I saw just once. This was a name that I saw over and over again uh, with the words dropped appearing by it. And Allen Robinson has frustrated fantasy managers this season. Um, It's definitely something that, again, this isn't just a fly-by-night type of a thing. This is a frustrated managers. Uh, Five catches, 32 yards last week, three for 63 the week before. He's only found the end zone once. But he's out. He's not even out there. He's he's ninety seven percent rostered in Yahoo, ninety seven in ESPN. So Scott, why is this a name on everybody's list right now? And and should we should we have patience with Allen, or is this time to cut uh, cut ways? Well, I feel like it mostly revolves around the constant quarterback carousel going on in Chicago because now you have a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields, and it's pretty tough to have a good fantasy day as a wide receiver when your quarterback only has one hundred and eleven yards last week. So you're not really going to have many opportunities. Now, Allen Robinson, we know, is an extremely talented receiver. He's also been in some contract dispute issues for the last couple of years. Chicago seems to try to just underpay him as much as possible, and I expect him to eventually test free agency. But when it comes to his role on the team, he's still the clear number one receiver. You're looking at the situation where he's still playing 83-plus percent of the snaps. See, maybe when it comes to adding and dropping players, I don't really look at it in terms of production. I look at it in terms of opportunity, and if you're playing a lot of the snaps, which Robinson clearly is, then I don't really know who you're going to pick up that's going to have, I don't say upside, but equal to, if not greater opportunity than a guy who's going to be playing in 85 to 90% in almost every game because he's the clear number one. Now, I know Fields, for fantasy purposes, is a disaster when it comes to a wide receiver because you just don't want him because he's never going to throw the ball pretty much in general, but... I still feel like you should maybe try to trade him. I know you're getting maybe, if you're lucky, a nickel on the dollar, but still, you should probably just look to move on. But I do think that somebody in your league will trade something for him just because of the upside. I don't think you really get anything for dropping him. You? No, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know that you would want to absolutely just cut him. Um, Allen Robinson does have some value. Look, they're going up against Green Bay this week, right? Which means that there's going to probably be... I mean, look, I know that it's probably not a lot of throwing with fields in the first place, but if there's going to be throwing, it's going to be against Green Bay. Uh, it, so it's not that necessarily a bad of a matchup. If fields can get another week of practice underneath them and get better, you may want to hold on to them just this week, hope for a big week out of them, and then try to see what you can get, maybe elevate his ceiling a little bit more in, in terms of trade. I mean, does that sound fair to you? Yeah, for me, it's a situation where Robinson, I still think just based on name alone, will have trade value in your league. So just by cutting ties, you get nothing for him, but you could potentially acquire even a depth wide receiver or running back if you really just shop around. Yeah, I I think you could probably end up getting low-end running back one, but that's just if somebody's really... Honestly, I think that's a stretch. I think think you're probably getting mid... I think you're getting mid-running back two at this point. Yeah, I mean, unless the person's not paying attention, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you can find that guy that's up toward the bottom of your of your league that's desperate for uh, a receiver and, and see if you can milk that trade. Uh, hopefully, if you had Robinson, you're not that person. So, mm. Speaking of somebody that was drafted with high expectations and has yet to really, I guess, fully live up to those for better or for worse, is Kenny Galladay. He had one big week. That was week four against New Orleans, seven catches, 116 yards. But since then, Scott, three targets last week. No yards at all for Kenny Galladay. What are we doing with Kenny Galladay? See, for this one, I had the hardest time picking a side because you could go either way. If it was me, I don't know if you can fully drop Kenny Galladay because I feel like he still might have trade value based on some upside if he stays healthy. The issue there is the keyword if because I don't think he's going to stay healthy. His hamstrings have been a disaster pretty much since last year, and you haven't seen any signs that he can, A, even stay on the practice field for a full week, and B, that he's turning a corner in this offense and that he's going to show life in the future. So you can make a similar argument with Allen Robinson. Of course, Robinson has had longer success. He's been around for We already know that. But I think Galladay, maybe you can trade for, once again, pennies on the dollar. If you are going to keep him, I don't know when you'd ever start him, especially if Mike Glennon's going to be your quarterback for the next couple of weeks, which is concerning there. You can go either way. If you're keeping him, you're definitely never starting him. So I guess I'm in the trade don't cut group here, but it's a kind of a really fine line. You well, so and that's the thing too. When you talk about quarterback Daniel Jones, who knows how long he's going to miss that hit? And he was boy. playing well. He was really he was playing really well, and yet Kenny Galladay still couldn't get involved. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, what six four catches uh, week one, three, four, six. I mean. Yeah, you're right. This is this is not an offense that is is really using Kenny Galladay, and I'm not sure that Kenny Galladay is even worth using at this point. But then, if you're going to try to move him, what do you what are we expecting? What is an actionable thing for somebody to expect if you're trying to move Kenny Galladay? What what can we expect in return if we want to deal him off? It's it's a little tough sell right now. It's an extremely tough sell, but the point is you have to ask yourself: Is a let's just say for an example a depth running back or even maybe a mediocre tight end is that better than cutting somebody and getting a free roster spot probably so even if you want to get something extremely let's just say unappealing at first glance if you're not going to use Galladay anyway and you can get somebody or even a defense or something that you might use for even a week you can make an argument that at least you're getting some value out of Galladay because you never would use them on your bench anyway what about Callaway like I mean do you think somebody might I mean, because somebody would probably have Callaway trying to figure out whether or not they should start him on a week-to-week basis. But do you think maybe somebody could give up a guy like Callaway for, for Galladay? I think that's possible. Of course, Callaway is a big play receiver where he's going to have two, three catches for maybe 120 and a touchdown. But you can use that against the other teams, the other team uh, manager, because if they don't want to rely on a guy who needs to break a 60-yard touchdown in order to have any quality performance, you can make an argument that Galladay, when he's right, can get you at least seven receptions, and that might take Callaway three weeks in order to do that. Yep, yep. I, and I mean, again, I'm I'm always willing to to let somebody decide my value for me uh, rather than just let him go on the waiver wire and a guy like Galladay. Because a lot of the, look, I get it. I get that the people there's people that are frustrated out there, which is why these names are floating around right now as actual drop candidates, because so many people get so mad um, that a lot of these people pull the trigger uh, when they when they realize that they are just frustrated fantasy managers and they just want to let go of a guy. Uh, so these are these are yeah, the one quick one quick point. Yeah, sorry, one quick point. I feel like it's common sense, but just to reiterate this for some fantasy football team owners here if you end up in a situation where you don't like a player and you're going to drop them ask around the league before you drop them you might find one person who maybe will offer you something so even if you think why would anyone want him why would who cares if somebody actually just views him differently than you do and wants to buy low on a guy that you absolutely despise field some calls before you drop him why not? Especially in deep leagues too, when the the waiver wire is thin and you really are scrapping for actual talent. You know, deep leagues, deep rosters, that type of stuff. Yeah, don't just let people go. Like, figure out who can dance with you. Um, now you might have to let people go, but you shouldn't automatically hit the drop button without at least asking around the league to see and confirm there's no market for him at all. 
Absolutely. That is solid, solid advice. Uh, yeah. I mean, that really is too. I, that's something to think about guys. Um, all right. Speaking of something to think about and this, this next player has a week to think about your and boy sit in the corner. Tell me about it, man. Although I will say, I will say going into this, that I was a lot higher on, uh, Debo Samuel than I was on mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk. Um, that much I will go back and check my receipts for because uh, I know everybody was was really really up on Brandon Ayuk when the season started and said he is going to take a major step forward, which I agreed he probably could. But I knew Debo was going to be the guy. Debo is is clearly the guy to the extent where now we see Brandon Ayuk completely slip out of relevance at this point. Last week, two catches, thirty two yards, could not get anything going. Say what you will about uh, uh, Trey Lance, but even still, you know he had Debo Samuel rolling. But Brandon Ayuk, with or without Jimmy Garoppolo, has not performed. So, Scott, is this somebody I know we've already talked about as far as see if there's value out there. But this may be one, Scott, where I kind of don't know that there's going to be anybody in my leagues right now that feel like Brandon Ayuk is worth trading anything for at this point. Yeah, for me, as of right now, I think he's a keep. And you just hope that with Jimmy G coming back and the bye week, Maybe they can retool some things offensively to get Ayuk more involved. But it goes back to what I mentioned before about the opportunities. And Ayuk has been playing in 71-plus percent of the snaps. He played 71% last week with a rookie quarterback who looked, well, to be completely honest, bad. He didn't really look great, but I'm not surprised by that. But you have to honestly ask yourself, with Kittle being on the IR and with a potential bye week with Shanahan, is Ayuk worth holding on with on your bench for a week or two? And I think, sure, why not? The issue that I think you're going to run into is that if you drop a guy who's playing 70-something percent of the snaps and also addressing an elephant in the room, the Niners have no wide receiver depth at all. You have Debo Samuel, you have Ayuk, and Ayuk's been a disappointment, and you have Mohamed Sanu, who I'm sure half the people in your fantasy league thought retired about three years ago. So you don't really have anybody, and Kittle's also injured. So if you think that Jimmy G is going to throw the ball a little bit, especially since Mitchell and Sermon have had injury issues and the running game's been inconsistent, I think it's worth maybe holding on for a week or two and just hopefully seeing the Niners adjust some things during the bye. But if he struggles right after the bye, it might be time to fully jump ship, but I'll wait a week or two. Well, look, looking ahead at the schedule, he's got uh, Indianapolis, Chicago, and Arizona again. So we just watched what happened with Indianapolis, how they gave up all those passing yards to the Ravens of all teams. Um, If if there's a possibility of um, Ayuk maybe slipping into that Duvernay role, right, where uh, uh, Duvernay actually did a lot better, well, maybe not a lot better, but he actually was a lot more relevant than I think I gave anybody credit for uh, in that offense. So, I mean, again, if he can do that, and again, if this is Jimmy G coming back, then maybe I'm a little higher on Ayuk, especially against the Colts and the Bears, and then once again in Arizona uh, than than maybe last week or even the week before. Um, but it's going to be tough sledding, Scott, for Ayuk. I, I really feel like the guy, there's no question as to his talent, but we just did not have seen it on the field yet at all yeah but the way i'm looking at it is you mentioned the indie matchup i would use that as your official i'd say point of no return where if he plays well you keep him if not then you get rid of him but i think you should wait it out after a buy even if jimmy g isn't potentially coming back right after the buy lance got injured too so he's probably not gonna play there so you might have somebody else behind center but with the lack of weapons san francisco has in the passing game I do think that that indie matchup should be pretty nice. Joe Montana is not answering his phone. I know this for a fact. Everybody's Steve been Young, to maybe, but Steve- Joe Montana, no. <laughs> you, oh, I bet Steve is itching to get back out on the field. Jeff Garcia, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, ooh, I take Jeff Garcia. Even CFL great Jeff Garcia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of somebody that is or was great, at least um, Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. Uh, not necessarily 100% of what Odell Beckham has been in the past. You're, it's a shell of what Odell Beckham was, right? I mean, he came back week three, had nine catches for 77 yards, and a, everybody thought he was back. Everybody thought, oh, this is Odell Beckham. Now he's back. Uh, I'm sorry, he had five catches for 77 yards. Um, 
Then the next week after that, two for 27. Last week, uh, two for 20. It's it's not looking good for Odell Beckham Jr. He's rostered in 93% of leagues. So people are having to make this decision right now. And I don't even know what to tell people, Scott, because at this point, when you look at the production, I know you we harp on opportunity, but production is, is a lot of it too, and he's just not doing it. Yeah, he's really not, but the question I have for you with the actual setup that Cleveland has offensively is that they run the ball a lot. We know this. The running backs are usually the main contributors of this team. They also scored 42 points against the Chargers. So this offense, in my opinion, is a top 10 offense in the league. Do you want to cut the number one wide receiver on a top 10 offense in the league? Well, I think that's the question you're asking. My answer is no. But then when do you start? I know him? that he has been underwhelming. Yeah. That's a, yeah, when do you start him? I, I, I get that, but he's still playing 81% of the snaps, and you're hoping that at some point Mayfield might actually throw a touchdown to a wide receiver or two. Maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, the thing is with Odell, we're in, the, we're in the situation, which I know was the point of this podcast episode, but we're talking about a bunch of guys who might be a little bit too big of a name to fully drop, but you don't exactly want to start them ever. I'm not sure when Odell's going to turn it around because I do agree with you. He has looked like a shell of his former self, but he's still playing more snaps than any other wide receiver on the team. And the offense, I think you'd agree with me, is overall a top 10 offense in the league. So I think that his situation as a whole is not that bad. The question is, is he going to get it together? And I don't really know the answer to that. So I'm going to lean to keep, but if you want to get rid of him, I understand it, but I just can't look past the fact that Cleveland with the play action game and with the points per game that they're averaging, I think that Odell is probably worth keeping for the immediate future. You, you know, again, he's probably, you probably have rolled him out in that wide receiver two, wide receiver three, maybe even a flex spot. And you've been burned for the last couple of weeks. I get that. Um, and to be honest with you, Scott, I don't know that I would laugh at anybody right now who would cut ties with Odell Beckham because I understand it. I mean, I get the frustration. I get, especially if you're like one in three, you know, or, or where are we at now? One in four, however many weeks there's been. If you've only got one win in that span because you've been waiting on Odell Beckham to get better, um, I can understand that. And maybe it is time for you to blow up your roster. And if nobody's willing to dance with you, you got to make moves, right? You got to improve your team. And right now, Odell Beckham is not improving your team. So I wouldn't laugh at you if you put him on, on the waiver wire um, because that's not a nightmare I want. And ultimately, it comes down to whether or not you want to make those decisions week after week. You know what I'm saying? Like, names aside, if I gave you the stats of, of Odell Beckham and any other name out there, that person would be dropped in a heartbeat, right? But it, because much. it's Odell Beckham, people are like, ah. So... Well, I, I do feel like the question that we're asking, though, is based on the timing of this podcast, is the bye week situation, which is if you have a wide receiver, two, for example, who has a bye, and you have a choice between Odell and some random guy on the waiver wire, are you picking the hot name or are you picking Odell? There's people that do. I mean, I, sure. I, I, I would, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. if you are answering hot person on the waiver wire, then drop Odell. But if you plan on using a guy who, at least from a name perspective, has some upside, I guess, in that offense for a bye week, then you just answered your own question. So it depends. It really depends on how you want to use your bye weeks and how you want to plan accordingly. But if you think Odell's a guy you feel comfortable substituting in for a spot start, then you keep him. That's a hot introspective right there. I mean, that's something that that I, I love. You just you just gave people actually a, a stop and think about it moment. Where it's like, well, how would I answer that question? So you yeah, have to right. Yeah, bye weeks are right around the corner, and Odell, you know, in any given week, while all your players are, will be playing, you're not going to use them. But if you're missing a wide receiver two or three, and you have to make a tough decision, then if you want to use Odell over a random waiver wire guy, you're keeping Odell. If not, you're getting rid of him. God, that's so beautiful. All right, listen, we got five more to go. We're going to step away when we come back. Five more tough decisions on who to. What is it? No one to hold him. No one to fold him. We'll tell you when we come back.
I know you are always ready to win money and, of course, boost your odds. Well, guess what? WinBet. It's now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And, of course, we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in on all of your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. You get great promos, odds, and payouts. It's all happening right now at WinBet. You get boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sports. We have what you need to win. So tell me, are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Listen, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. So download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. As always, we are brought to you by PropSwap. It is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, and PropSwap is your home for the best World Series future. All season long, PropSwappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from the other bettors just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to 500 hundred dollars it's not too late get in on that free five hundred dollars double the cash means double the odds so if you love sports betting you need to be using prop swap every ticket purchased on prop swap can be resold at any time so your bet does not even need to win i love that that is my favorite part it doesn't need to win in order to make money it just needs to improve so thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on prop swap every single day you need to be too so get started today by going to prop PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. If you're looking for a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair, well, Keeps has that for you. They've got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. Don't even have to leave your house for this. That's great. Low cost. You want it? We got it. Treatment start at just $10 a month and Keeps offers generic versions of your favorite medications. It's also discreet and the packaging with proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Listen, we all know prevention is key. So treatments can take four to six months to see results, which means you need to act fast. If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP to get your first month free. keeps.com slash SGP. Five down, five to go. Today we're answering that question, who do you let go and who is making you so irritated on your roster that you need to eliminate that decision from your weekly uh, stressors of life? And Scott Reichel joining me to do this. Uh, Scott, I'm telling you right now, this guy is another one of those guys. I, I, I want to lie and say that uh, I made this list strictly based on all the questions that I wanted answered from you. Uh, but other people are out here saying the same thing. Um, but I do share in the Cole Beasley frustration. Um, 30 to 35% of America and fantasy football managers have already made this decision and left him on the waiver wire. But there are still a vast majority that are struggling with Cole Beasley and what to do with him. I mean... We talked about being on one of the hottest offenses in the league just before the break. I mean, this guy is on the hottest, and we have yet to see friction that makes you want to hang on to Cole Beasley, especially in the last two weeks. So, Scott, help a Cole Beasley manager out. So, for this one, I'm going to sound a little bit hypocritical, but I'm going to defend myself here. I'm into dropping Cole Beasley. And the main reason why I am differing my opinion on an Odell in comparison to Beasley is once again the fact that A, Beckham Jr. played 81% of the snaps last week. Beasley played 39. So Beasley is a complete non-factor. It's also just the actual lack of red zone, not even targets, just acknowledgement. Because you look at what Beasley has done or what he hasn't done, Beasley has not recorded a touchdown since week 14 of last season, and that's including the playoffs. So he has been doing absolutely nothing when it comes to touchdowns. So... If you are using a slot receiver who's used in about 40% of the snaps, who's arguably the fourth best receiver on his team, if you think Gabriel Davis is better than Cole Beasley is, 
I don't really know what the point is of keeping him because at least Odell, you can hope for some type of touchdown upside or something. Beasley's barely on the field and he's trending in the wrong direction. So I would fully eject with Cole Beasley. Yeah, and Odell Beckham, it was, for all intents and purposes, a number one at one point, right? I mean, he was the star. Cole Beasley was never really that star. And so if you're going to compare, uh, like, Cole to even Stefan, right? I mean, if Stefan had these type of number, the numbers of Odell Beckham, we would probably be preaching patience with, uh, with Stefan. But at this point, Cole Beasley is definitely an anchor on my roster. And from week to week is a guy that I can't even decide that I want to play. I I have him in a lot of best ball. um, And I think I even have him in an eliminator league. So it's it's frustrating to have him dragging me down as much as he did. And you're right. I mean, look at even Dawson Knox is passing up Cole Beasley as an up-and-coming pass catcher in that, uh, that Buffalo offense. So... Yeah, I mean, if you have Cole Beasley and you want to drop him, much like I wouldn't be mad at you for dropping Odell, I, w- I certainly wouldn't be mad at you for dropping Cole Beasley along with me. This week, Cole Beasley's yeah. gone. The way I see it is that Beasley raised his stock tremendously last year when John Brown got injured because he became the de facto number two guy. They ended up getting rid of Brown. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders, and Sanders had two touchdowns, as we saw on the su- in the Sunday game. So truth is, until Sanders potentially gets injured, I don't know what Beasley's role is because he's a slaughter who barely plays the slot at all because he's never really on the field. So I don't know what the upside is based on the current roster formation that they have. Uh, to be honest with you, I honestly don't think there is any for Cole Beasley. So sayonara, Cole Beasley. Sorry that you did not pan out the way you were supposed to. And yeah, I just, I I think we're done with Cole Beasley. So moving on to another situation where I think a lot more people are done than, uh, (laughs) especially now they're even more done. Uh, a guy who was also brought in as a number two, and now we have zero clue what to do with Kenyon Drake. you know, to be honest with you, there was a lot of high hopes for Kenyon Drake, especially after his production in Arizona comes to Las Vegas and does Nothing. I mean, look at Josh Jacobs was dinged up for the last couple of weeks too. And in those games, uh, Kenyon Drake had what one carry for two yards, two carries for 11 yards. Um, this is not a guy that's inspiring very much confidence in folks. Uh, he's still rostered in 72% in ESPN 65 in Yahoo. So Scott, there's people that are still hanging on to Kenyon Drake and all of the drama aside in Vegas. I mean, is this time to completely part ways with Kenyon Drake? The way that I see it is that people who are still holding on to Kenyon Drake might have forgotten they're in a fantasy football league because they should have dropped him several weeks ago. He's just not very good. I don't really know what you want me to tell you. Now, I'm going to ignore all of the controversy going on for now because when I prepared my notes about the uh, Kenyon Drake status for this podcast, it was before Gruden resigned. So even before all that happened, What have you seen from Drake that tells you he has any value whatsoever? Because he's barely used in general. The only chance he'll have any value is if Jacobs gets injured again. And even if that happens, we've seen Peyton Barber have more success than Kenyon Drake. So I think you should have cut him three weeks ago if he had the opportunity. I'd cut him now. Because now with the added distraction, with Gruden not being there and everything like that, I do expect the offense to look worse. So yeah, if you still have Kenyon Drake... I'm not really sure what you're waiting for, but it's not too late to fix it. Get rid of him. It's incredible, though, that they brought him in to be, and then there's a lot of people that really were honestly sold on the fact that Kenyon Drake was going to take over for Josh Jacobs and that Josh Jacobs was going to lose his starting position to Kenyon Drake. And yet here we are six weeks into the season, and the guy has not carried the ball more than eight times in a game, has not gotten more than 24 yards in a game. Um Granted, he's he's had some receptions those first three weeks, but now the targets are gone. So I don't know if that's a factor of of just the fact that the Raiders have gone completely away from him or or gone away from throwing to running backs in general. But I mean, it's bad, Scott. It's bad for Kenyon Drake, and you're right. I think now's the time to to cut ways with him. He's got Denver coming up. They've got Denver and Philadelphia. Those are a couple of tough matchups um, for well, for the Raiders. For the record, out of all the people that we talked about. So far, you can make a case maybe for one of them or, you know, to keep whatever. Drake's the worst player we've talked about up to this point. Yeah. 
Oh, by far, by far. And again, he's the easiest decision I think that you can make. Um, so like I said, if, if you're wrestling with that decision about Kenyon Drake, stop wrestling, go ahead and let him go. Uh, or if you haven't been paying attention to your fantasy roster, now's the time to let Kenyon Drake go. You, you forgot your, your login and password. You might want to hit the forget <laughs> password button and try to drop him. <laughs> try to put him back on the way. Maybe you might win a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. All right. Speaking of winning a couple of weeks, Corey Davis pretty much helped you win, I think, one week if if you had him in your lineup that week. Short of that, well, okay, maybe two. We'll give him credit for the first one. Uh, but short of that, he's he's sort of been one of those players where, again, you wrestle with whether to put him in that wide receiver three slot or a flex slot week after week. There are folks that are tired of it. There are folks that are voicing their opinions of letting go Corey Davis because he's not producing at wide receiver one like you may have drafted him or wide receiver two like you may have drafted him. Um, so... Are you feeling again? This is another situation where if you if you don't get any dance partners, is this time to to go away from Corey Davis, Scott? For me, no. Corey Davis, in my opinion, based on everything that we've talked about and all of these players we've mentioned, I think he's been the best player out of everyone we listed because he actually has multiple touchdowns and a couple of ninety-seven plus yard games. You, we talked about Galladay and how he had one great game, et cetera, but Davis has had 97-plus yards twice at 100-plus once. He's had three touchdowns this season. He's fine, and if you want to look at the fact that he's playing in an insane amount of just snaps, he played 80% last week. He's usually hovering around 88 to 90-something. Now, the Jets did get a couple receivers back, so I am curious if you're going to lose some playing time to maybe some resting opportunities since you have Elijah Moore back, for example. You still have Cole, but they activated Denzel Mims, so maybe he'll see a little bit more rest in the future. But he's the clear number one wide receiver. I don't think Zach Wilson could look worse from what we've seen so far, so maybe he'll get it together, at least to some degree. But based on just the target share, which is absurd by the way, he's getting so many targets. I think you have to keep you. Yeah, you got to keep him. I mean, because again, the whole thing is that he going into the bye week, you're probably not going to find a better person to replace him with in the bye. Um, be patient with Davis. I mean, it wasn't like he was completely awful. Uh, he he gave you eight points. Again, that's good flex numbers. Eight and a half points is good flex numbers uh, on a, I guess, PPR basis. Um and he's not going to, again, he's not going to be that wide receiver too that you may have drafted him as, but he's definitely working out as a flex for you right now. Um, I understand your frustrations though. I understand that you drafted him to be a lot more than just a flex player. Uh, but if you can just set aside the fact that, uh, that week there's been what more weeks that he hasn't impressed you, uh, that than he has, I, I think better days are ahead. He's got new England. He's got Cincinnati. He's got Indianapolis coming up next. Um, three possibilities where the Jets will probably end up throwing a whole heck of a lot. I know Carter actually did show some some skills off this week, but I don't think they can sustain that rushing attack, especially in games where they fall behind. And even with Crowder being back, it's just a matter of they've got to throw the ball. And Corey Davis is that big play guy that it doesn't take him a lot to produce when he can produce, hence the four for 111 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee. I think you may see more games like that than you see uh, games like you did against New England the first time, two catches for eight yards um, out of Corey Davis. So, I don't know. Again, that's a tough decision. I get your frustration, but I think holding on to him is the answer here. I can't look past the target share. He gets targeted so much more than every other receiver on the team. I can't look past that. Yeah. Yep, that's a good. So hang on to your Corey Davis. I, again, if you're frustrated and you really want to let him go that badly, uh, look around, see if somebody else wants it first. I'm fairly certain we can assume that DJs like us wish we could have had stock and a guy like Patrick Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey, right? Well, now Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stock. We always talk about selling high. Well, now you really can. And look, it's like Robinhood and DraftKings had a baby. 
Prediction Strike lets fans create portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy-to-use app from the App Store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account. Then use the code SGPNFF to deposit funds to buy and sell and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. The value of players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand, and you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as the player isn't currently in a game. So Lamar Jackson stock probably went way up after this last game. Hollywood Brown after this last game. Make sure you buy and sell those. <laughs> that way you can make some money. And of course, when you do it, use the promo code SGPNFF to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, as always, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Make sure you go download it. It gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts. And while you're at it, toss us an app review, right? Download that SGPN app today and tell us what you think of the show. Somebody, though, that I really, I feel like you can let him go now. And and I'm going to get a lot of pushback for this. Uh, But Trey Sermon over there in San Francisco, uh, we just watched Mitchell just get all of the the carries pretty much the last week um and it feels like he is the man and that trey sermon is not going to get the run that everybody hoped he would and like he did in seattle where he had 19 carries for 89 yards uh 10 carries in green bay but just one for seven yards in arizona it was the elijah mitchell show scott i mean people drafted trey sermon as a late round flyer for the most part but uh I mean, is this a flyer that we can we can walk away from safely now? So we've talked about Trey Sermon on two previous podcasts that I've been on. We mentioned the NFL preseason reaction from what we saw the first couple of weeks, and then we did the mock draft without him. And in both situations, I said straight up, I don't think Trey Sermon's that good. And you agreed with me on preseason. We watched him play. We thought that he looked like an average at best athlete who really wasn't going to contribute that much. We weren't even sure if Elijah Mitchell was going to be ahead of him, but we also thought Mostert was going to be there. But the point is, we didn't really look at Sermon and say, this is an NFL starter at no point. And then in the mock draft, I avoided him entirely. I know Adam was pushing for him and claiming that you should take him in the eighth or ninth round. And we both disagreed because we thought that Sermon wasn't very good. And from what I've seen so far this year, he might have opportunities because the Niners have basically no running back depth left. He's just not a very good player, at least at this stage in his career. So even if he gets the tart, even if he gets the actual touches, I don't really care. I don't think his ceiling's that high. I don't think he's very good. You? No, and it's, the ceiling is not high. I mean, the, the ceiling. I think we've seen the ceiling. Uh, Nineteen carries, eighty-nine yards. You know, that's that's in a in a standard league. That's eight point nine points. And in fact, he did, he got no uh, touches in the in the receiving game in that game. So he got you. 8.9 points as a running back. I mean, that's not going to make me... But seriously, though, what is... what is? I know that you're a Niners fan, so I'm going to ask you directly. What does Sermon do well? Because he doesn't have much explosiveness. He's not exactly a tough runner. He's an okay pass catcher out of the backfield. But is there anything he actually excels in? I have not seen it. I mean, again, you can show me tape and show me how he hits holes or, I mean, but like overall eye test, look, when you start looking at tape like that and you're cherry picking a play here and a play there, there's, there's something more to just evaluating a player than picking out the plays that he does well, right? I mean, you've got to go game flow. You've got to see overall, how does he handle the game? Is he, is he in charge most of the time? Yes. Explosive plays happen. Absolutely, they happen. That's why these guys are in the NFL. But when you're talking about on the whole, right? And I have not seen, to your point, anything Trey Sermon has done to instill in me that that wow factor. That oh wow, this guy's going to be really good. Now Elijah Mitchell showed me last week a lot of flashes, a lot more flashes. I think that made me because I mean he had some downhill runs that looked really well, really well set up and really good. So um, I didn't predict preseason that Elijah Mitchell was going to be uh the the starting back um even if Mostert had gone down I didn't think he was going to be the starting back but here we are right and at this point Trey Sermon I think is easily droppable especially going into the bye week yeah the question I have for you which sounds harsh but I am curious since you are a fan 
Is Sermon worse than Jamichael Hasty? Because I think he is. Yeah, to be honest with you, I Jamichael Hasty is is hyped so much. I don't much. know if Hasty's good either. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Hasty, yeah. But at least you know he can do something well. He's a very good pass catcher. That's basically it. But I don't know what Sermon does well. Yeah, and but and to be okay, to be fair to Sermon, I don't think we've seen him in a situation other than the Seattle game of where he could show what he do well. But by the same token. Sometimes it doesn't take much. Sometimes it just takes a, a one game. Um, that Mostert game, right, where Mostert just shot out of a cannon and all of a sudden he was fantasy relevant and stayed in that conversation for pretty much the rest of the season. Um, I don't. You haven't gotten that out of Trey Sermon, and you may not get that for the rest of the season. Sermon could be a good. Yeah, he could be. A, he could be a good player, but it's not going to be his rookie year because no. he looks like definitely, to put it lightly, a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, look, but this season, I think you can give up on him for now. Uh, if he's still there on the waivers and after he blows up, try to get after him again. Um, speaking of somebody that yeah, could very well find himself on the waiver wire uh, list here shortly, I hate to say it, but Marvin Jones Jr., um, I was really looking forward to seeing what he could do in Cincinnati. And then after DJ Chark went down, uh, I was even more excited to see what he could do and he went three for three with 24 yards uh three three receptions on three targets for 24 yards even with the top guy out he was not looked at and then last week in a tennessee game that was high scoring for at least uh one team he got one reception for 25 yards marvin jones is a sayonara or do we think we can get something for him what are we thinking with marvin jones scott for me, I hate trying to keep anybody on the Jaguars and not name James Robinson, but I'm in the keep uh, group here with Marvin Jones. He's just consistently getting playing time, and that is part of the battle you have when choosing between different players at any position. But Jones played 93% of the snaps last week. He's played at least 88% in every game, and the Jaguars are constantly losing. And Lawrence has attempted at least 33 passes in four of the first five games. So the volume when it comes to overall passing plays should be there because the Jaguars, to be honest, I don't know if they're going to win a game. That team's awful. But you're looking around. Shark's injured now. Chenault's been hit or miss, but he's also been banged up throughout his career. At some point, you're hoping the target share sways in favor of Marvin Jones. And... I'm assuming it's going to happen at some point because Jones is playing so many damn snaps and he's not getting the ball. But I can't look past the playing time and the garbage time game flow is so good every single week. I'm going to be a Marvin Jones truther on this one. I'm going to keep him. You? All right. Now nah, I'm going to drop him because look, he's got Miami, Seattle, Buffalo coming up in the next three games. And again, I get it. I get that you're you're going to get a lot of uh, throwing and a lot of uh, Trevor Lawrence putting it in the air. But that hasn't done anything for us in the last couple of weeks. I mean, first three weeks, irrespectable, right? But it's been declining every week. 18.7, 17.5, 12.2, 5.4, 3.5. The trajectory is not where I'm uh, uh, very comfortable with Marvin Jones. Um, again, the disclaimer, right? If Before you drop this guy, see if you can find a trade partner for him and, and maybe try to wheel and deal there. If there's a running back out there that you like, that you want, that maybe you can get for Marvin Jones. Um, but definitely don't show them the numbers from the last couple of weeks when making that trade because it, I don't know that it'll do it. So, But again, you know, I, if, if I've got a short bench and I need somebody now that's going to help me win, if I'm sitting you know, with two wins, three wins, and, and I'm staring down maybe being on the outside of the, the playoff hunt, um, I, I don't know when I can trust Marvin Jones and I need people that I can trust week to week. I may not find that on the waiver wire, um, but I don't know. There, there's some folks that have been coming up uh, and and making names for themselves, and I'm, you know, that that are better options week to week than Marvin Jones, which is again, it's hard to say. I mean, look, I'm I'm struggling a little bit because it's not an it's not a popular opinion. Uh, he's he's out. He's rostered in 82 percent of leagues, so eight out of ten leagues have Marvin Jones on him and. The managers out there might be frustrated and, and willing to let him go. And I, I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can fault him for that. 
Well, I also can't fault them because of the fact that that involves backing Urban Meyer and whatever the hell he's doing over there. So if you just don't want to get involved and you want to separate yourself entirely for a player that has a competent coaching staff, then maybe you can go in that route. But I just can't look past the playing time. And I know that he is in a situation where I don't really know why Lawrence hasn't looked at him at all for the last couple of weeks. I'm expecting that to at least uh, show signs of positive regression where he'll start to get more targets again. But I'm going to hold on just because of the playing time, et cetera. But I can understand if you just look at the Jaguars next to his name and say, absolutely not get this guy off my team. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Light it all on fire. It, that's 2021. This season has been drunk. I, I, I have a feeling that uh, the, the pandemic kept everybody in too long, and we came out swinging in 2021, man. There's so much going on. One extra game, too. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a wild, wild fantasy football season. So we get it. Like I said, we just talked about 10 names who are definitely some that are, are letting folks down, and I can understand why on God's green earth you would want to let them go. Um, but hopefully we gave you some inner perspective and, and maybe some uh, good advice on whether to keep them or to let them go. So, uh, Scott, any any last words, any final thoughts on this list and, and just letting people go in general? Uh, for me, no. Uh, so far, so good for my personal team. But reminder, it's a long season. If you're struggling early, don't throw in the towel. You can always try to blow up your team, worst-case scenario. Try something. Throw something at the dartboard and see what sticks. But even if you're 1-4, your team looks like it's struggling and it's not going to make it, shake things up a little bit. What's the worst that could happen? You're already losing. You might as well try something new. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Blow up the outside. But don't blow up your computer, don't blow up your phone, don't blow up anything that can get you this show because we are, once again, thankful that you're listening to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Scott, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. So, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Besides that, doing a bunch of stuff for SGPN, whether it's going to be podcast editing, I just posted the FAB waiver wire guide for week six. So if you're looking for some help on waivers, I actually have you covered. I did that yesterday. And I also am doing the fantasy rankings uh, update article uh, later on tonight. So I got a lot of stuff going on. Should be on a couple more podcasts in the next week or two. But other than that, just enjoying the time of all the sports coming back, baseball playoffs, stuff like that. And even hockey starts tonight. So I'm just enjoying going along for the ride. Heck yeah, my friend, Scott Reichel, one of the hardest working members of the SGPN, of course. Uh, find this show on the SGPN app. Find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez, And uh, we'll come back at you on Thursday, a little mailbag session. So get your questions in. Uh, get into the Slack. Make sure you get into that Slack or hit me up on Twitter. Uh, ask me your fantasy football questions. We're going to answer them on Thursday. Be a lot of fun taking your questions. So, All right, until then, everybody, let it ride. Let it ride.